0: Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. A little bit over two years ago, as part of a routine physical, they did blood work, and my blood work came back with an elevated PSA. Now, I don't want to get into icky stuff, but PSA is a... Protein that measures the likelihood of cancer for men in your prostate. So wasn't too high that it'll biopsy. Everything looked like we could just kind of hang out and watch it, and I felt pretty good. You know, well, we're just going to watch this. This will be easy. In fact, I remember calling my sister, uh, who's sitting in the front row here, and telling her about it and saying, don't worry, this is the fun kind of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit of time goes by. We're watching, we're watching, we're watching. Another blood test comes in and the PSA is... Whew, elevated is not really the word, it's up there. So. The guy does another, my doctor does another uh, biopsy um, and says that I have now a grade five. Okay. And so that means we'd better do something. So this is, we're not watching anymore. We're ready to take action. Um, So as a consequence of this, my wife and I go in and meet with him and we're sitting in the office, and i 'm thinking well, there's several options and so on. Um, well, he starts to go over the options, and as he goes over the options um, he's telling me he's telling us uh, in this case, sixty uh, percent of the time you have this thing and this thing, and thirty percent it's this, and you know percent this and percent that and death, (laughs) and each one of those options that he ran through had death at the bottom of it, right? There was something there that says, you could die. Well, I walked out of the appointment, and it had never really hit me like that, that I could die. That was it, you know, it could be the end. Now, I know and you can see that I'm no spring chicken, right? (laughs) There are fewer years ahead than behind. And I'm comfortable with that, that's okay. But this was very boom, like that. If if I fell into that percentage, that's it, I'm gone. So as a consequence of that sort of (laughs) reflection, I. I, uh, I kind of started rummaging through things in my life that might help me, you know, get, get some perspective and, and things. And I, I happen to be a religious person, and that helps. But I started thinking about things, and one of the memories that came up while I was thinking was a memory of I was a, I, I think it might have been my first day of school, We had just moved to a new house and um, I was ready to go to second grade. And there I was standing at the back door with my um, Roy Rogers cowboy shirt on. Uh, It had a fringe on the back, which is pretty cool. Um, I had my, my, you know, well scrubbed, had the crew cut. I think I had borrowed some of my brother's butch wax and uh, done that and I was wearing My Husky jeans. Now, you wouldn't know it to look at me today, but I wore Husky jeans. Okay? Um, So I remember this, and I remember my mother being down, you know, like this and looking me over and sort of, you know, checking out her ambassador to the world, making sure that I looked presentable and good. And then my mother asked me the question that she asked, I think probably all of us, but she asked me the question, and she asked me the same question. You gotta understand, this happened every day, every time I left the house, for the entire time that I went to school, my mother asked me the same question. And the question is, who are you today? And the answer was, This was the answer that I was supposed to give and gave year after year after year after year. The answer was God's perfect child. Now that is a heavy burden. (laughs) And I split into two people. I was God's perfect child at home in front of my parents, sort of. But it was a lot more fun to go over to John Fijin's house and light things on fire. And Mark Watson knew how to make gunpowder, you know? So it was like, boom, that was good, you know? So... It was a lot more fun to do that. So I've kind of got this thing, and I'm living my life going along, and, and I gotta tell you now something about my brother. My brother, nine years older than me, he was both, well, he was my tormentor, really. He used to tickle me till I would cry and I couldn't breathe. And he, he one time, when I was, I don't know how old I was, eight, I'm not sure, he put me in the trunk of his car and drove me over to his girlfriend's house to convince her that, she, that he had a talking car. <laughs> That's just not right. Um, but on the other hand, my brother was a very creative, talented guy, and he built me, hand-built, a custom bicycle for Christmas. Candy apple red, banana seat, sissy bars, the whole deal, and man, it was cool. So we had this kind of hmm, like relationship. Anyway, um, I'm some years go by, and I'm entering seventh grade or early in seventh grade, and my brother has gotten married, and and they've had a, a baby, and uh, he's working and and as far as I know, everything 's okay, and pretty much out of the blue to me, he dies and it was just so sudden, and the odd thing was and i th- i don 't know whether it was religious or not but but we didn't we didn 't have a funeral we didn't have a wake we barely uh, from my perspective, we barely acknowledged it. Um, and it was, whew, very disconcerting to me. Because he was here, and then he's gone. And death was like, well, what happened? You know, what, what, what's that about? What happens? Well, a few years later, uh, it's a summer night and I'm driving my 1956 Plymouth yellow and, yellow and white, uh, canary yellow and white, beautiful, uh, with the metal dashboard and the, the whole deal. I'm out driving in the middle of nowhere, and, uh, and it's dark, it's, and I can smell the, the grass, and I can smell the clover in the fields. It's, you know, farm, farm country, and I'm on this dark road, just driving along, and I'm thinking, what, what happened, you know? What happens when you die? What, and, and I think specifically about my brother. And I say out loud, what happened? Where are you? And right then, a light just at the top of my windshield, sort of glowing, and I hear my brother's voice saying, I'm all right. So with that, I had a new perspective on death. And I held that I'm all right would be the way that it would go. And so I lived my life fearlessly, never thinking about what would happen, whether I might die or not. I just did everything I did. Um, until I was sitting in the doctor's office and I heard this, you know, "Ah." (laughs) and that memory came back. And the thing that's interesting to me, I guess, is that the question that my mother gave to me And honestly, I believe it was a gift to ask that question, who are you today? That question was a question that carried me for many, many years and a a good question to ask yourself. Who are you today? What are you going to be like? And the answer that I rolled my eyes at and I scoffed at and I was embarrassed by and all of that, that answer may just be coming in line with who I am, God's perfect child.